Let's get to Mike Montero. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's up, Dave? How you doing, brother? What's good up? To be back good, good to talk show. to you. We got lots to talk about, so that's good. First of all, um, I'm beginning to think I don't know anything about boxing and I can't score a fight because I'm always opposite these judges. I thought Loma won that fight against uh, Devin Haney. What, how did you have it scored? Yeah, I, I had it just like you, Dave. I, I thought that Lomachenko edged it. I know a lot of fans did. I will say this, okay? It was a very close fight. And you, I know it sounds cliche, but you can make a case for either man winning or a draw. Yes. I think why a lot of fans are upset, though, Dave, is, and you and I have talked about this a bunch, there seems to be a pattern with fights in Las Vegas between American fighters or Mexican fighters, establishment stars, against these Eastern European guys. And when they're close, every single time the decision goes to the establishment fighter, there's just a track record there over the last decade or so. And I think that's why fans are upset. Boy, and if I hear these announcers one more time say, well, he was the aggressor or he was busier, I'm going to go crazy. That has nothing to do. Being busy or being aggressive gets you nothing. It's effective aggression, and it's who lands the harder, cleaner punches. And that was Loma. doesn't matter if you're busy if you're not doing anything. I completely agree, and honestly, Dave, the second half of the fight, it was the old man, Lomachenko, being the aggressor, pushing Haney back. He hurt him a few times in the 10th, 11th round. Haney had to hold on. I give Haney credit. The young man showed some grit, and he finished the fight strong in the 12th round. But I thought that Lomachenko edged it down the stretch. What do you think about uh, Ryan Garcia going to, uh, uh, going to Texas and getting a new trainer, the guy who was the trainer of the year last year? And he has uh, Errol Spence, and he has Anthony Joshua, and he has the Charlos, and he has uh, Frank Martin. He's got a pretty good stable of fighters. Uh, uh, now, 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 will Ryan's father and brother butt out and let the guy train him? And will he listen, and will he put in the work? Because I know Canelo and Eddie Reynoso said they threw him out of their gym because he wasn't willing to put the work in. He wanted to be a social media star. Yeah, that's, that's the big question, right? So as soon as that was announced, that Ryan Garcia changed trainers, and he's done this multiple times, Dave. Uh, he's kind of a diva. You know, I, the first thing I did is I went on Twitter and I asked my followers, the over-under is 12 months. Do you think it lasts 12 months? And most people said no. <laughs> so the question with Ryan Garcia is, just like you asked, does he want to get serious? Does he want to be a real boxer or a social media star? I got to say, you know, maybe I'm just getting pessimistic in my old age. I think he'd rather be a social media star. Uh, but we'll find out. I mean, this can't hurt him. It's a smart move. Uh, boy, Errol Spence and Bud Crawford finally on July 29th. That was getting to the point where I didn't care anymore because it took so long to make this happen. Kind of like Floyd Mayweather and Pacquiao. Uh, interesting fight. We've been waiting a long time for this. Uh, I, I've, I've always thought Spence would win this fight, and I'm still going with him. But how do you see this? I actually, I've always favored Crawford in this matchup. And even though Crawford's a little bit older, a little bit more uh, war-torn, he's, he's had some tough fights, and he started as a lightweight. People forget that. Spence has always been a welterweight, so Crawford has moved up. I just think Crawford has faced a better overall opposition, and Spence has only fought twice since 2019. He's been chronically inactive in recent years. I think that's going to catch up with him in this fight. I like Crawford by decision. I'm like you, though, Dave. I almost don't care anymore when they announced this. I was thinking, man, this is a really great fight, and I can't wait to see it. What's next for Canelo? Uh, a rematch with uh, Dimitri Bivol, and is it going to be at 168 or 175? Uh, is he going to fight that I want to see uh, against David Benavides? Maybe that could happen next. 
Yeah, I think uh, the David Benavidez fight's probably not going to happen this year. It's possible for next year. Uh, Benavidez, you know, his management at Premier Boxing Champions, they they like to delay things a very, very long time. So I just don't see that happening this year. But for Canelo, you know, if they do the rematch with Dimitri Bevel, I think it should be at 168, which is super middleweight, where Canelo is still the undisputed champion. That would give Bevel a chance to chase history because he already has a light heavyweight title. If he moved down in weight, beat Canelo again at 168, he'd be the undisputed champion. And then he could go back up in weight to light heavyweight and fight Arthur Betterbiev for the undisputed championship there. That would be a big, big deal. And for Canelo, it's a chance to, to avenge that loss. And, you know, uh, other than his loss to Mayweather, which he was 23 years old, that was over a decade ago, I believe, he was very young. Nobody has beat him like Beevil beat him. Dimitri Beevil beat the brakes off of him. Barely won the fight on the cards, to my point earlier, about these decisions in Vegas. But he beat the brakes off Canelo, so I know Canelo wants to get that back. What happens next in the lightweight division? You get to maybe Devin Haney against Tank. That will be a huge fight in Las Vegas. Uh, Shakur Stevenson, you know, who might be the best lightweight in the world. I might pick him over all these guys. He's in the mix now. Uh, Loma's still hanging around. Uh, Ryan Garcia. uh, What's next in the lightweight division? Yeah, I think Ryan Garcia is going to move up. He, he's going to be a junior welterweight from now on. He's not going to fight that lightweight again. But um, I'm with you, Dave. Shakur Stevenson's the top guy. I, I think that he beats all of them, including Lomachenko at this point. I just think he's on another level. I don't think Gervonta Davis and his management will go anywhere near Shakur Stevenson ever. I just think they're going to ignore that fight like the plague. And I don't think they're going to go near Devin Haney right now either. Uh, Javante Davis and his team, they're going to keep doing what they're doing. Uh, Very, very low risk, and they're just going to try to build their brand commercially with pay-per-view. For Devin Haney, he's the undisputed lightweight champion of the world, and he he finally got a name on his resume in this win against Lomachenko. Now, some of the things he's said and done since the win haven't looked very good for him. He hasn't necessarily won over fans. But he is in the driver's seat right now because he's the champ. So it's going to be interesting to see, does he want to defend that championship or move up and wait? They're talking about Tyson Fury and uh, and Anthony Joshua now, maybe happening in the fall. And now Tyson was kind of taunting him a little bit and saying, sign the contract and accusing him of ducking him. Uh, if that fight happens, I sure hope it's going to be in England. I know they're they're talking about Saudi Arabia, and they'll probably outbid everybody and get the fight, but I think that would take a little bit of the shine off of it. I would love to. That that would be one of the biggest sporting events in the history of Great Britain. I would love to see that fight at Wembley or in a big arena there. Yeah, that would, the, the atmosphere would be just be electric, 100,000 yes. screaming Brits, singing songs, drinking beer. That would just be <laughs> awesome. But this is prize fighting and money talks. So uh, it's probably going to go overseas. But I got to say, Dave, I can't believe anything Tyson Fury says. This guy's retired a hundred times. He's called out a thousand opponents. I just don't know if anything he says. I believe politicians when they talk more than Tyson Fury. So I don't know what to think about him, his career, or who he's fighting next. You know, to me, Mike, it looks like we finally have a promising, great future champion American heavyweight in Jared Big Baby Anderson. I, I, I love this kid. Um, uh, he's got personality. He's got a good sense of humor. I love the costumes he wears into the ring, and he can fight, too, and he's young. I haven't been this excited about a young heavyweight in a long time. I'm with you. He, he's the best American heavyweight prospect since Riddick Bowe. 
So you're wow. going back yep. 30 yep. years or so. Um, and the thing is, Dave, you know, a lot of these American heavyweights in recent years, they've been projects. They've been guys that uh, played basketball, played football. They played other sports, and maybe they had an injury or something, so they moved into boxing. Uh, Jared Anderson has boxed his whole life. He's a true boxer. You see it when he's in the ring because everything's instinctual. He's not thinking about it. He can fight on the inside. He can fight on the outside. The only thing we don't know yet, can he take a big punch? He hasn't taken a big punch yet. Uh, but, you know, that's a good thing. He's shown great defense. But I'm with you. I'm excited. And I, I truly believe he's going to be a future champion. I really he's do. got a great personality. He's a good interview. He's funny. I tell you what, a couple of fights ago on ESPN, when he came out in that pimp daddy outfit, you know, with the walking, <laughs> with the walking cane and the floppy hat and the mink coat, he, looked like, awesome. he looked like slick from the old WWF days. That was, that was awesome. That was, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was like an old school wrestling move. And, you know, you got to <laughs> do stuff like that. Yep. you, you got to have the personality to go along with the exciting fighting style. And he does have both. He's good on the mic. Uh, top rank, you know, Bob Arum and top rank, they know that they hit a gold mine when they signed that kid. So I definitely think they're going to build him up the right way. He's young too, Dave. He's still in his young 20s. So they got time to build this kid up. I think he's going to be a star. What about Alexander Usyk? Uh, Fury's fighting Anthony Joshua. Uh, what would be next for him? Would he fight Andy Ruiz? Would he fight Deontay Wilder? There's talk about Wilder and Ruiz fighting each other. So where, where does Usyk go? Yeah, with Usyk, um, he has mandatories. He has three of the four world titles, you know, in the heavyweight division. So he has mandatory obligations. He's probably going to end up fighting a mandatory later this year. Um, and then, yeah, it may be an optional defense against a Deontay Wilder or something like that. He wants to fight. You know, he hasn't fought yet this year. Nothing's on the schedule. That's not on him. It's because him and his team have been trying to negotiate with Tyson Fury, and they can't get anywhere. So, at some point, they're going to have to just move forward and get back in the ring because uh, Usyk, you know, his style, he needs those reflexes because he's a boxer. He's not a natural heavyweight. He has to use movement, and he needs to be active to be successful. So he needs to get back in the ring ASAP. How about uh, this ought to be entertaining. I read about this week. About it this week, Floyd Mayweather Jr. is coming back for an exhibition match. He's going to fight John Gotti III, the grandson of the Dom, the capo, John Gotti. I guess he's a boxer and a mixed martial arts guy now. Floyd better be careful because if he wins, he might get whacked, you think, after the fight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, Dave. <laughs> Floyd might want to watch it. At least watch the trash talking, you know, because it might be dangerous if he goes to New York anytime soon. Uh, Dave, I mean, honestly, you can't write this stuff, man. No. I, these, these exhibition fights, these uh, quote-unquote influencer fights with these TikTok and YouTube guys, I, I don't know what to think about it. But it's definitely the, the fastest-growing segment of this sport right now. I don't know if that's good or bad or not, neither, but uh, I just, you know, I, I got to admit, I haven't seen any of these Floyd Mayweather exhibitions. Well, I, think, I, I think it's, I think it's, you know, Jake Paul and all these, uh, you know, in, all these uh, entertaining fights like this, or the, the the social influencer guy. I think a lot of it is boxing's fault because they're filling a void here because boxing doesn't give us the fights we want to see. We waited five years for Spence and uh, Crawford, and uh, they never give us the fights we want to see. So th there's a void to be filled with these entertaining uh, celebrity fights. You're absolutely right. It looks, celebrity boxing has always been a part of boxing. The difference now, to your point, is that it's, it's the, the, the biggest fights. The biggest fights right now commercially are these social media fights. I yeah. mean, even the fight between 
Javante Davis and Ryan Garcia, the reason why that trended so well, it's not because either guy is very accomplished. Neither one of them has fought an elite-level opponent yet. It's because Ryan Garcia has tens of millions of hey. Instagram followers and TikTok followers, and that's who bought the fight. Hey, Mike. So that's well, where we're at. We're out of time. we got to go. So it's 5 o'clock Eastern every Monday night, uh, your YouTube show? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 5 o'clock Eastern. There we go. The great Mike Montero with Dave Smith. Jerry Cooney coming up next.